Connor, Brian, how we doing today? Oh, I'm feeling it, man. How you doing? I'm just peachy. Peachy boring. That's, yep. <laughs> how are you doing? You already asked me that. Did I? Yes, that's why I said, <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, yep. that's right. Anyways, so what's and, up, Andrew? So I wanted to go back to one of the newer Disney Plus features that we got mm. Star Wars related, mm-hmm. which is the vehicle fly-throughs. Ooh. In particular, the Millennium Falcon fly-through. Well, let's I, talk about it. I guess this is a spoiler if you haven't watched it, but I mean, if you've watched Star Wars, you've... You know what the Falcon looks like, <laughs> yeah. both in and out. And I'm just, I'm struck by this video and like, I mean, I, I talked on when we did our Disney era, you know, Star Wars Day recap, mm-hmm. kind of just how cool I find stuff like that. Um, Seeing the walkthrough. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just fun. Like, I just <laughs> enjoy that stuff. And, like, Galaxy's Edge, when you get to go on the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. You get to look inside, like, while you're waiting in line, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You, like, you literally, you're just sitting there in kind of the... In the Falcon. The, yeah. In so the crew cool. area. Like, you can sit at the Dejaric table, and, and you can see Luke's blast shield, and <laughs> the ball, the training ball. Oh, my God. Um. But the thing that I'm struck by, and I wanted to come back to this now that we've all had a chance to watch it, okay. and hopefully most people out there have had a chance to watch it, is what do you think the Millennium Falcon smells like? Well, <clears throat> which era are we talking about? <laughs> well, let's go with like original trilogy, sequel trilogy. Fair enough. I was going to say, who's the primary captain? Because there's definitely going to be a different smell. Let's say it's not Lando. Okay. Who's probably got those nice oil diffusers. Smells 100% like patchouli. Yeah. Like legitimately. Rich mahogany. It smells like sex in there. Let's be real. (laughs) Like diving into the actual solo Star Wars story novel, Mm -hmm. they talk about how Lando... His whole like you know private quarters are adorned with like fancy shampoos and you know colognes and such like that. So that's all I'm imagining. It's just exotic, so many exotic furs, yes, from all over the galaxy. <laughs> but for to that end, when it's like Han and Chewie's era, you could tell that they obviously let it go. And who, as lovable as Chewie is. How often does he wash, or what does he do to wash? Is he like a dog? Does he lift his leg and like lick? Like, what, we, have we ever really determined that? We have not determined that. Ugh. I know that like it gets to a point where Chewie is shedding. Like, there's like hair that ends up in the systems and stuff like that. Yeah, how often does Chewie blow his coat? Yeah. Well, going back to Lando, that's a funny part in that novel. Is Chewie decides to take a shower to get all that like muck off of him, you know, in the in the movie, and it completely ruins the shower. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, so I'm I'm assuming that it's got to be very musky, uh, kind of wet dog smell. Um, I don't know if he was a smoker, I don't, like Han or anything <laughs> like that, because it looks like the walls are kind of staying that way. Who yes. knows? That's I mean that's one of my great questions. It's just how did the walls get so stained? <laughs> I mean, also it could just be whatever they had going on, you know, <laughs> during that thing. Because there was a point where they remember they were they were hurting nerfs, yes. and they actually had to have them in like the main hold. So maybe they just got scuffed up that it's, way. It's like the line from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh. If we had a black light in here, it'd be a Jackson Pollock, Pollock painting. painting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I have to imagine it's rough. I have a canon, or a, a not even canon, a real life answer for this. Oh, And nice. that's why I bring it all up. And I guess you would be the one person in the room who was actually in the Falcon. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I th- I will say they did like, you know, they used like the, the like behind the scenes spray <laughs> smell <laughs> Business. It's, it's like uh, Abercrombie like, and Fitch. I was going to say, like when you walk into a, like a Bed Bath & Beyond. Yes. Or no, uh, Bath & Body Works. Spray yes. bottles everywhere. Yeah. But uh, what, I, what I'm what i basing this off of is, so Noah Segan is, he's Ryan Johnson's Greg Grunberg. Okay. Like, as Greg Grunberg is to J.J. Abrams, so is Noah Segan to Ryan Johnson. Big he's like his, his, yeah, his good luck charm, if Fair you will. Enough. Uh, but so he play he plays a pilot in the last Jedi. Uh, one of the, like, he's like, he like shares the look with Tally before they both get blown mm. up. Uh, so that's who he is in the film. But so since he's like Ryan Johnson's boy, 
he got to do like a tour of all of the sets. Ooh. And he has revealed that the actual Millennium Falcon, like the real one, smells like a muscle car. Ah. <laughs> you know what? I guess that would make some sense because it's the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. That's it. I was hoping it would smell kind of like grease and like yes. engine shop. Exactly. Greased lightning, coaxium lightning. That's right. Will. Sure. Grease coaxium. I don't know. So, Something just, of just those Just a little, little fun fact for you to start your day off. That's fun. Well, you know what else is fun is Utaput, everybody. Hello and welcome to Greatest Shot First. My name is Connor. I'm Andrew. Yeah, we're here to talk Star Wars. All things Star Wars and anything even freaking related to Star Wars. And as always, we're joined by Brian. Brian, how you doing, buddy? I'm excellent today. You doing excellent? Yes. Well, you should be doing excellent because today's big topic, we're jumping right back into it. We're doing 2003, the Gendy Tartakovsky knockout hit. Clone the Powerpuff Wars. Girls. The Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> Star Wars Clone Wars, uh, Volume 2 today. Yes. Uh, so last week we've uh, covered Volume 1, and I think we had a lot of fun with that. And yes. it is now time for us to catch up with that. Yes. Um, that being said, I don't know if anyone has anything off at the top, or do we want to jump right into it? I don't, I mean, I don't know that there's been that much newsworthy buzz. That's fair. Saying that, we're probably going to miss something completely. Well, that's how it always happens. <laughs> and I feel like everybody says that, and it's true for everybody. Oh, yeah. It's no, it's just, true. It's it's almost like some there's some greater power out there that's like, I'm going to wait until exactly when they finish. And they're done recording. Yep. Yeah. And then I'm going to give everybody <laughs> something to, to tune into. Inevitably, in the short amount of time between when we record this and when it drops, yes. yeah. there will be some bombshell. Well, there I'll, always is. I'll give it to you this way. Since we're talking about this era of uh, Star Wars, I think I'm talking about like between episodes two and three movie-wise. Um, going into that uh, lore a little bit, I'll, I'll reveal that I've recently downloaded uh, Republic Commando. Nice. Which I was happy about. It just it was just time. I know that we were talking about wanting to do it, and I'd just been looking for something new to jump into. Yes. Uh, I've only played the the first few moments of it, but I can safely say that it's exciting. It uh, is. It's, it of that generation of games, it's probably one of the better ones that holds up. Yeah, I mean that was definitely a trend in that kind of era. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'm thinking like the SOCOM games, even. Yeah. Where like you kind of had this team based component, and you know you could. You had rudimentary controls that you could be like, you do that, you yeah. do that. And and like there is like a slight benefit, like if you put the right guy doing the right job. And Sniper up on the hill, mm -hmm. heavy cover on the other side, all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And I mean, that's kind of what they're going for here. But it's it's I I dare to say it's it's a it's much easier to understand if you're not familiar with how it works. Like if you're if you've never done something like SOCOM or something like that. Like it's pretty straightforward the way they kind of say like, Oh, you need this team member to blow up this gate. So you just, you know, highlight it and push X or whatever. And then they walk the, the correct person walks over. You don't have to assign said person. It's like, Oh, this would be good for so-and-so. So I thought that was very interesting, but again, I've only just started it. Um, I will definitely want to report back once we all are said and done and we've all had a chance to try it, but yes. I do recommend uh, getting it at some point, you know, uh, but again, <clears throat> this is back in that era of, um, you know, between 2003, 2005, where like anything went and <laughs> the, the lore was still up in the air yeah. and just ridiculous. This is also, you know, this was the same era for Star Wars Bounty Hunter, the game that we've already reviewed. And you already know how great do it. <laughs> you know how crazy kooky the story was in there. So that's why I'm excited to see how you know, this story goes. Yes. And it's also fun because we start off right at Geonosis. Like that's your very first mission is you're on Geonosis, just joining in the battle. And everybody likes that. Oh yeah, no, but it's fun. Um, I mean, to that end, uh, getting back into uh, the Tartakovsky and watching Volume Two right after watching Volume One, it is a. Uh, I mean, it, it's 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 not completely different, but it is a much like more centralized take on it yeah i mean it's so obviously i think we kind of alluded to this last time but the first volume mm -hmm. actually consists of the first two seasons yes of like 10 episodes each and then, so we have like episodes one through 20 in an hour <laughs> right and then uh volume two is chapters 21 through 25 which is also basically an hour long yes so it all I mean, it all ultimately works out, but it's it's just the difference in how they decided to actually premiere each one. Mm -hmm. So to that end, with the first one we've talked about before, that 
they're all vignettes. They're three to five minute vignettes made for, you know, toy commercials. Now this one is different because it actually has a central through line and a cohesive storyline. And it actually seems like it could be part of the overall canon at that point. Yes. And we'll get into that because I, you know, in my head, there's especially a particular sequence where like literally we see like our protagonist, Anakin and Obi-Wan, like go through their glow up for episode three <laughs> in a nice montage. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gonna need a montage. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, you know, we see that happen and it's just kind of like I feel like this is where the events of you know, 2008, the Clone Wars mm-hmm. takes place. And yes. and there's really nothing that kind of contradicts that. But Disney has certainly established that the 2008 run is the canon. canonical one. Yes. And this, because of inconsistencies, is not. Well, so even to that respect, we had talked about this before. And I remember you bringing up something. You can back me up on this. Weren't you saying that you had read something or had heard a rumor that these the you know vignettes and whatnot are supposed to be kind of what people think the Jedi truly are. Like this is like propaganda. Like isn't that what you were talking about? Do you remember? I I don't. I mean, honestly, I don't know that that was me, <laughs> but it I was, can buy that. Yeah. yeah. Like I imagine, like this is what the Jedi would put out to be like. This is why we're fighting the war. Yeah. You yeah know? They, and they look truly like superheroes, essentially. Exactly. And, uh, but you know, ultimately, we. We learn that they are fallible as are all oh, people. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's what 2008's Clone Wars does, uh, you know, uh, beautifully. Yes. You know, they, they flesh out every character and they give the clones more of a personality than anything else. I mean, that being said, there's a lot more, way more dialogue in this. And, you know, that's that's something to get into. Um, but, I mean, is there anything else to do but to do it or we'll just dive right in? I say let's go for it. <laughs> All right, well, why don't we start from uh, from the beginning, like always. Uh, we, we get a great opening shot of, first of all, I like the intro. Uh, like, I, I, I don't think we brought this up before, but usually with the 2008 Clone Wars, it's it's fanfare. It's, yes. a, it's a very, like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, you know, and then you have the, the voiceover, mm-hmm. and it tells you what's going on. In this, it's literally just like a trans, a hollow transmission. Yeah. And you hear like some marching and some fighting, but like it's very subtle, but I appreciate it for that matter. Yes. And I know that's why they had to do it because each vignette had to start the same way. So it's like you don't want to waste too much time on the title card. Exactly. You know, but it this this is a great job of picking up right where uh, the first volume left off. Um, and you see, I forget what the trooper's name is, but essentially it's an ARC troopers in a... One of the coolest uh, gunships you'll ever see. Yeah. Flying right towards the venerator. Uh, it has that was a face. There. Yes. So this goes back to what we were talking about before, about how you brought up Anakin's uh, starship. And I was like, I had seen Lego sets of it. Uh-huh. I've seen Lego sets and just straight up toys of this particular gunship and wondering, mm-hmm. where the heck did this come from? I don't remember it at all from like the main run. But it's like seeing something, you know, painted up like an A-10 Warthog. Like I was like, hell yeah. Like, yeah. Go at it, man. It's 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 a plane built design. It's designed specifically to transport a gun. Yes. I think that's how it, it, the A10 is, right? The A10 is a gnarly piece of hardware. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it at that. That's very fair. So to that end, um, I I thought it was very cool. You got to see slight behind the helmet, like whenever they put the helmet on, so you got to see the hairline. <laughs> yes, which was a little cool nod. I would have been interested to see what Django Fett looks like in this type of animation. Yes. Particularly because we also see later on what uh, Qui-Gon looks like. Mm-hmm. Not very favorable. But, no. you know, we'll get into that. That, that snozz. <laughs> it does not do him any justice. Very no. strange. Very strange indeed. <laughs> so to that end, uh, we, uh, we're they're going around the venerator, uh, and then eventually they get inside and they're able to rescue three Jedi. Yes. Uh, Kyori Mundi, Shakti, and Ela Sakura. Yes. And uh, we all know where they're going to end up eventually. But <gasps> do we? <laughs> but uh, they're oh, being. Oh, no. What happened? It's, <laughs> it's like a kid getting at the end of Half Life 2. It's like, what? It's like, that's it. There's nothing else. What? Nah, that's it. The cake is a lie. The cake is a lie. <laughs> but so uh, having, like, you, you find Kiyari Mundi still fighting Grievous to the bitter end. And that was ridiculous. Like I said, just the, I mean, you we already knew Dude how shredded. Yes, we already knew how like crazy, like uh, crazy brutal Grievous was mm-hmm. based on the ending of the first one. You know, yeah. And like I do appreciate. 
I mean, it, it, it's interesting because I feel like this story and like this whole volume definitely kind of maybe turns the table a little bit on like the the heroism of the Jedi yes. from the first volume, you know, and we basically like, you know, Kiati Mundi, who is like this extremely quiet, measured figure on the Jedi Council is just like stark raving mad. It's wild. No, we must pursue. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, General, we must save the other ones. Yeah, ah, you're right. But yeah, like that was like a little bit like maybe he had a chance. But I mean, that was that, you saw that Kiyoti was the only person who could keep up with him at that point. Yes. And obviously, like Shock T and Ayla were like on their last leg. Like they were like, we got to get him out of here. Otherwise, you know, yeah. what's the point of this paint job? You know, <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to get out of here. Yes. Um, so fast forward to, uh, I think it goes to back to Coruscant. Coruscant. And we are following a, uh, oh no, we go back to the, I think it's the council next. Oh. Is it right? I I didn't do a a real good play by play for this. I'll be honest. No, for what it's worth, it's a, it's a bit of, there's a, there's a council scene. There's the knighting scene. And then there's a scene where Anakin and Padme reunite. Anakin think, and Padme reunite before the nighting scene. That's right. That's right. Is that is this in the darkened alley? Yes. Which yes. 3PO? Yeah, it wasn't creepy at all. Sexy yeah. 3PO. Creepio. Sexy 3PO. Creepy. <laughs> creepio. I like that. I like that. It's like showing off his gold parts, just yeah. lowering the robe. Yeah, Good lowering Lord. the robe. <laughs> that oh my that God. whole scene was like, this is a lot. It's very much a lot. <laughs> like, well, damn, I mean, Cartoon first, Network. Yeah, I mean, first, like, the passion between Anakin and Padme is like, Kind of uncomfortable. Oh no, it's super uncomfortable. But <laughs> kind based, of. On, based on the fact that like he pulls Padme into an alleyway and straight up puts a knife to her throat. Like <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a lightsaber, but that's the allegory, right? I it's mean, just everybody like everybody has their kink, you know. Yeah, that's true. I just like <gasps> it's you. <laughs> <laughs> like oh god, no. I mean, it's just and it's just that startling thing of like. What if it wasn't your wife? Like, what if it was just some random bystander? You know, well, probably would have killed him. Yeah, at that killed point, killed person X. Ugh, but it's still just like very awkward. And so then that we, then we get th- Creepio dropping the shawl, <laughs> just like showing off the new gold plating and everything. Yes. Uh, fast forward to back at the temple because he's been called back. Obi Wan uh, uh, gives him some guff. He's like, "Whatever the council calls you, must come." He's like, "Where were you?" He's like, "I was busy." Blah 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 blah, and then. Throws like uh, throws something right back at Obi Wan, saying, "Like you're no Qui Gon Jinn." Like a very, very like <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah, but it you're was not just my like, real dad. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly the vibe I got from it. It's like, ugh, sorry, bastard. Yeah, <laughs> there's definitely something to be said for like. There's a lot of hostility painted into the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan in this version. Yeah, I mean, it compared to what we've already established, like their friendship and everything in the later, you know, run of Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. It's completely different. But they I think they're, they're still trying to hold up the thing of like he's just that uh frustrated teacher and he's the frustrated student, you right. know. So it's just a matter of trying to get that going. But we also see from Obi-Wan and he's been like since our numbers are dwindling, we need to start upping the ante and skip the trials and everything like that. Yes. And even at that, that's where the like, you know, Anakin was able to take care of this uh this assassin mm-hmm. by himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what's to say he can't, you know, already face these trials? Yes. And I thought that was, I, I mean, what did everyone think of the actual, like, Jedi knighting scene, you know? I was pro-Jedi knighting scene. It was a nice little, like, surprise party, yes. essentially. <laughs> Just take him into the dark room. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> Just everyone with their lightsabers yeah. out. And Yoda yeah. cuts off the... Uh, Padawan braid. So to that end, get that rat tail out of here. So what I had heard is like at, at that point they had no idea what the Jedi trials were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like the the people who were I, animating. I mean, it, they still have never identified. There's it, no, really. tr- there is no true idea behind it. It's supposed to be a test of and will. And, well, it's yeah, a courtroom like, procedure with a jury of your peers. <laughs> you have to get enough box tops. First of all, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Send away for the decoder ring. And then you're then in. you get the decoder ring and you decode the riddle. Then you be get sure, the khakis. Be sure to drink your blue milk. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I mean, and I kind of appreciate like it's one of those things where like this is fine, mm-hmm. and I don't know that I even really want them to tell that story. Well, yeah, and like I, it it leaves open the idea that it could really be uh, a number of things. Maybe it's based on the species of Jedi. You know yeah. what I mean? It's the idea of like whenever you're in the you're training on the dark side, you know, if you were uh, acclimated to a cold planet, I would place you in a desert. You know, if you were an aquatic beating, I'd put you, you know, 
at a place that also has also in the also desert. In the desert. <laughs> I forget how he puts it. it if you're it, from the uh, desert, you're, you're guess what? You're still in the desert. <laughs> Good job. Now I'll put you in a hole. I don't know. Step one. Well, uh, apparently you go to Nelvana. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. There you go. All right. But to that. All right. So back backtracking. Anyways, I I I thought that was a very cool thing. Even at, even at the fact that they were like, you know, we don't know what the Jedi trials are, but hey, we we at least know what to do with this little like, you know, rat tail essentially. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm just glad that they shave kinda, it off. Yeah. I'm glad they gave it some kind of context. This guy, I guess, is what I'm getting at. You know, at the end of it all, it's like. Why did like Obi Wan and Anakin, for that matter, need that? And it's like okay, that's why. It's a it's a representation. <laughs> to, to have thing. it cut off at yeah. the end. <laughs> that's very fair. Uh, but um, and I've always wondered what you do like with non-human species. That's fair. Well, you know what, uh, Ahsoka has that braid. But she it's, does. It's not a hair. But it's not hair. It's, it's just more like, like a, a charm. actual. Yeah. You know. But that was her Char- her charm bracelet, and that, that she was on her head. I would say that's her thing, though. That's that was like whenever she got disenfranchised, that was taken away from her. Yes. So I'm wondering if that you know if that's kind of the you know the alternative, if you will, yes. to have having hair snipped off. Um, but no, no, no. To that end, uh, I will also say that after the, we saw this, <clears throat> uh, we see that uh, Anakin sent the little hair snippet to. Uh, Padme, Padme who still has, still has the little like the necklace snippet, which is very cool. Yes, and, and then, then she put it in his baby book. In his baby book, <laughs> <laughs> laid some leaves on it. That's right. Uh, I've always had an issue with the Japor snippet. We don't have to get into it now. Okay. But... I, I kind of want to get into it. No, I don't want. To... But, but, but um, and then this is another thing that I thought was interesting. Now I I I've read the Revenge of the Sith uh, novelization, and in that they bring up the idea of how. Uh, what happened after Anakin was knighted, right? And I'm I'm assuming that at this point they're kind of going off of what the 2D did at this point because they describe it as, well, uh, he whenever went on adventures. So no, whenever they hilarity ensued. Whenever their marriage happened, he had nothing t- for which to gift uh, Padme because you know he's not allowed to have possessions, right? So whenever he was knighted, that was the first thing that he had sent her was his. He's like, I, I want you to have a piece of me always, blah, blah, blah. And all Here, I have this thing now. Here, I have a hand. It's yours. I know what it was. I know what it was. She got C3PO. He got R2D2. And that's why in the last episode, he had R4. And R4 was just a generic red shirt. Now that's why he has R2. It's because it's Padme's wedding gift to him. Oh. Ah, that's what it is. That's actually. It's, it's a little bit O. Henry. What? It's the like, gift of the Magi? Yeah, the gift of the Magi. <laughs> I mean, if if you got to put it in that term, I guess that makes sense. I, all I'm getting at is it's like, yeah, he made C-3PO, so of course it's going to be good for a senator. And then, like, he's a great pilot, so of course he needs an astromech that, like, you know, but she doesn't need an astromech. Stuff like that. I don't know. I Again, I just thought it was it's cool to see that there are little pieces that do connect every so often. Granted, I don't know if the novelization really matches up anymore, but because Shakti also dies a different way in that too, so <laughs> we'll get into that. Poor Shakti, she. Uh, so I've heard her referred to as the Kenny of this universe. Yes, and that's that. That's very true. It's not wrong. <laughs> Where's the lie? So as you say, once the whole ceremony's done, we're doing a, a bit of a. Uh, a montage. a montage, another montage. We need a montage, and that's where we get everyone to their uh, pre-episode three hairstyles and everything. Yes. So uh, Anakin's hair grows out. Obi's grows, grows in, <laughs> as they do. Yes. He just went, <gasps> just pulled it back in, just thought real hard. They like one thing I did notice, and I, I don't know if I would have followed this necessarily or remembered this but like they do both kind of wear similar outfits to mm. what they wear in 3d clone wars yeah like anakin has like the blue kind of shirt with like the, the like the brown tunic and stuff yeah, like that. yeah. And, and obi kind of has the armor over robes appearance so happy that they're doing that yes um do you think they'll do that in the obi-wan kenobi series like do you think there'll be a flashback where he's wearing the armor yes i hope so i, I mean i think you know the the idea that we're probably getting some flashbacks, and that's why they made a point to have Hayden Christensen come back, yeah, and not just have nameless, faceless, big dude play Darth Vader. <laughs> it, um, it is that we can do those, and I certainly hope. I mean, I think Disney's in on that. Like, oh, they yeah. like that kind of 
branding continuity and they went as far as to put it in battlefront too that's what yeah. i'm saying like they they know it's it's within the canon yes so but i digress so now we get to see that and like this is another thing that volume two does excellently <clears throat> every like oh every so often it's just action shot or hero stance rather and whenever they do show them in their new hairstyle and new outfits and everything like that hero shot right yes. standing back to back lightsabers drawn droids flying around everything like that but it's like classic hero shot and then just moving forward, uh, you see Anakin doing all of his great exploits. Uh, you, you see him uh, save uh, Stacey Tin in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, you see like three Jedi get stuck in like these bubble contraptions. Yeah. <laughs> and Anakin goes and pops said bubbles. Like, <laughs> like literally just by popping them. Like, <laughs> like they couldn't do that? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, it's the force, man. It can't work from inside the bubble. Maybe it's a force sensitive bubble. Maybe it is. Oh. It's like a. Oh, what's the what's the what's the substance that cannot be burned by unobtainium? Yeah, that's it. It's made of unobtainium. <laughs> I don't know. But all I'm getting at is it. It was a nice little montage to show that Anakin is just the, he's a war hero and he, like he's he's able to just knock all this crap out of the park. Yes. Um, war hero, war criminal. Depends on the series. That's true. <laughs> well, actually, even to that end, I think there is a bit of war criminality towards the end of this series i don't know it, basically because it's it goes against the whole star trek thing of you know touch nothing see nothing and as soon as anakin gets to this planet he kills the biggest baddest thing that's there yeah it's like the, you shouldn't have done f- that <laughs> yeah the first contact principle exactly uh so the other core lining story besides um anakin growing up is uh, eventually grievous and his forces will the invasion the invasion of coruscant so this is exciting now, does it does this mean that it's all happening within a day? Does this mean it's been like a you know couple weeks siege or something like that? Based on the amount of ships that we see in the actual like atmosphere, I mean, does anyone want to guess on that? I don't know. Um, I mean, certainly, it. I mean, it's it's a little bit of just the the Star Wars playing around with time mm. conundrum, mm. where because I mean, obviously, once like Palpatine is captured. Like that whole sequence seemingly should be taking place in the span of, you know, hours. Yeah, it's also happening as well, like at the same time as Anakin's like hero journey. So that's right. why I'm curious about it. Yeah, but it seems like Anakin's thing should be taking longer. Like it would have taken a couple of days to get to where the mother lives or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you know, and then the process where he kind of has to do more stealthy stuff and whatever. Ugh. Um. You know, and also just the the impact of a siege cannot be realized in a couple hours. So, right. so seemingly it has to take longer. But it's Star Wars. We don't really we we question these things because they never make any sense. That's also fair. It's <laughs> like I said, I'm trying to still treat this like it is canon. So that's why I'm like I'm asking all the hard hitting questions, if you will. Yes. But even at that, like <clears throat> there are a few funny moments that like kind of pop up for me. One of the funny moments was. I don't know what the species was, but it was the green alien with like the the red tunic on. You know what I mean? He's standing up there with the the droid commander, and he's going like, "I don't care how many Jedi they send. They could send hundreds. They could send a thousand. They could send a million. They'll never take this city alive." And all of a sudden, he's like, "General, we have contact." He's like, "Is it the Jedi?" And he's like, uh, "He's like, how many are there? A thousand? No." He's like, "A hundred? He's like, "No." Well, well, tell me how many are there? And it's like, "There's only two. And it's like. What? Let me see that. <laughs> I thought that was a very fun little, like, you know, you know out of nowhere, like, just ra- cra- crazy random character. Yes. I don't even think he, like, plays a role anywhere else no. in canon. Uh, I wouldn't think so. But to that end, um, I I appreciated that. I appreciate the, the overall visual of uh, Coruscant itself. So do we want to talk about each story as its own? Do we want to go through just focus purely on Coruscant and then focus on purely Anakin's story? Or do we want to kind of jump back and forth like they do? I think it'd be easier to just kind of focus let's on stick one. On, yeah, stick to one. But maybe let's do Anakin's first. Let's do Anakin's first. The classic hero's journey. Yes. Uh, so as Joseph I, Campbell would be proud. <laughs> as I was saying before, he uh, they they end up on this planet. I forget why they end up on the planet. It's not like they crash land or anything. Because like reasons. Because reasons. And I believe there is some sort of like transmission being sent from uh, like from that planet to the separatist army and we need to find out why yes and like it's it somehow ties into duke or uh, grievous 
Yes. Uh, even though Grievous is obviously not there. Well, it's I like, guess we skipped like Grievous training with, yeah, Lord with Tyrannus, which was cool in its own way. Yeah. It, basically, just Tyrannus telling him it's like do the unpredictable, you know, do the un, you know, unexpected. Essentially, it's like come on, just teasing him the whole time. Be basically. hard to kill. Yeah, essentially, essentially. Which, okay, point yeah. made. Point yeah. made. <laughs> so even to that end, and like you could see that later on with his fighting style, that like he's just so his the way he does everything is way unpredictable for most of these Jedi, and that's. Yeah. It kind of sets them off and sets them unbalanced and blah blah blah. Yes, I digress. We'll we'll get into that. So Anakin uh, uh, finds this huge beast that's attacking their forces, and it's, and it's prison rules. And it's prison you, rules. Your first day in prison, you you knock out the biggest guy in the yard biggest, to assert your one. dominance. Exactly, and that's exactly what he does. Yeah, he gets right up there, and then like Obi Wan, he was like, "No, Anakin, wait!" and just freaking stabs the dude in the head and brings this whole like kaiju sized monster down. And these natives, you know, these people who are wearing these awesome, like, decorative masks and shields and stuff like that come out of nowhere and. (laughs) Oh, no, no, you didn't. Oh, no, you didn't. Like, (laughs) it just basically just saying, like, that was not a good idea, you know. And so now you have to go back and, uh, you know, to the village and explain yourself. And while they're going through the village, Obi-Wan notices it's have you noticed that it's all women and children here? I thought this was a cool little thing. No, listen, they, yeah, it was. It they was a, said that line, and I'm like, oh god, oh, no. Well, oh, even to that end, they said it's only women. Dark. It's only women and children here. Anakin like looks away in shame. Yes, there is that little point where it's like, oh, so somebody's feeling a little regretful. Yes, you know. And so they find this old wizened like native. I guess we should describe what the na- like natives actually look like. Essentially, they look kind of like moles. I don't know. They have like these huge buck teeth, uh, gray skin. Um, Black eyes, but like it kind of like to me, they kind of look like you would see like a, a mole rat or something like that, yeah. like a humanoid mole rat. So, what they actually say, and this is like from the IMDb trivia or whatever, noise is that so they're called the well, the planet is Nelvon, Nelvon, um, and they are the Nelvon, Nelvon warriors, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But they are designed to resemble the dog-like characters from Rock and Rule, a movie made by Nelvana Studios. And Nelvana Studios, like they're like the heavy metal people that wow. that make that made like the holiday special cartoon. It all did comes full Ewoks. circle. <laughs> that explains the big nose. Yeah. Okay. Because Han Solo had a big nose too. So. Yes. There you go. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's how it goes. So that's, yeah, that's the intentionality behind all of that. So. Oh, that's too much. Yes. <clears throat> well, that's cool, though. I mean, it's a, it's a cool little, like, nod to that species as itself. Mm-hmm. But I digress. So they, they say as much that all of their all of their warriors have gone to this valley. Uh, like, it's a very long, you know, exaggerated, like, how do they put it? It was like, you must follow the trail of tears, like the mother's tears, and, yeah. and follow the mother's voice. The mother's voice, which is the wind. The and wind. Then- <laughs> <laughs> follow then find the tears and follow the tears which like are a frozen, frozen lake or yeah. something <laughs> and, uh, yeah. it is very mythic quest basically and he has to do all this not only shirtless but with like this cool tribal tattoo yes uh oh yeah and they call Anakin ghost hand yes which i thought was a cool little like detail <laughs> and i love like i love obi-wan throughout this sequence where he's just like I'm not doing it. Yeah. You're doing it. It's not what I'm about. Yeah. Well, maybe that's his punish, like uh, his throwback at like Anakin for just like casually eating bugs in front of him and just thinking it's a good idea. Ugh. Yes. It's so good. I did like that. That, that exchange. Like, yeah. He was just like, he was eating it like it was nothing. It's like, you're the one who told me to always adapt and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, that's just it. And that, and that shows his cocky attitude too, you know, at that point. And that's, that's what you kind of come to appreciate about Anakin. If you could appreciate anything about this version of Anakin. It could be worse. We could be on a sand planet. We could be on a sand planet. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, I really like this portrayal of Anakin. I, well, I will say, I don't love the voice acting. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I think obviously like Matt Lanter does a much better job. But gives to, him that charisma that he's like supposed to have that he's missing. Well, to that end, uh, yeah, I was gonna say, I think when they picked this voice actor, they were going more for what Hayden Christensen sounds like, yeah. And we all know that that was it, was it wasn't even so much that that was his natural speaking voice, it's just that was his it's, direction, yeah, you know, and that he sounds very low and softer, like, softer, less intense. Less intense. <laughs> 
And I guess if that's the case, they did a great job because that's a, that's exactly what he sounds like. Yeah. He sounds not intense whatsoever until he screams. Yes. And like, oh, he screams. He does scream. He it's a good scream. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but to that end, so he does his hero journey. He finds out that all these warriors that they have sent to this, you know, Valley of the Mother have never returned. And so they have to send Anakin Ghost Hand to go and take care of it. Yes. And uh, eventually he finds uh, this cave that has like a bunch of portraits and stuff on the wall. And this was a very cool thing I saw, which was essentially the story of the Ghost Hand legend. Yes. And I love that they showed how it was animated. Like it kind of came to life and you saw what happened. All very Samurai Jack-esque. Because I, I mean, I think yeah. the way they they uh, they told the story of Mbako, it was, it was the, same, the same idea. Uh, but like... Just so cool, and like seeing the ghost hand turn on him, like yes. the, the, towards the end, like doing that whole thing, and then eventually showing like a visage of Darth Vader, I thought was very impressive. Gave me like um, Mortis, I think it is, mm-hmm. uh, Mortis vibes, yes, from the 3D version, yeah. But um, I mean, but what's crazy is like this came out before Revenge of the Sith, yeah. Like, I mean, this season aired in 2005. But like I think I saw like the final episode was in March of 2005. And so then, like a couple months before. Yeah, a couple months before the actual film hit. Uh, can you so. imagine that if like, you actually kept up with all this and watched it and it's like you see the opening of Revenge of the Sith. It's like, I know that. Yeah. It's like this is the Coruscant thing. Yeah. So, but yeah. And I guess that's kind of what, you know, that's exactly what they were going for at that point. Yes. Um, but all the same, um, I thought it was a very cool little journey. And then actually getting to the end of the cave, he doesn't learn anything from his vision. He just keeps going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm keep it moving. <laughs> it's, this seems important, but I should probably keep going. Yeah. You know, uh, essentially, uh, finds out that the whole disturbance isn't supernatural in any sense. It's artificial. It's, it's Watt Tambor. It's Watt Tambor and a techno union. Yeah. It might uh, not actually be Watt Tambor. I'm, we don't really know that. We don't really know it, but it, nah, it's it's Watt Tambor. <laughs> but let's put it this way. Watt Tambor was always at the cusp of like the end of Clone Wars. Let's put it that way. Because he yes. was at the end of season seven, you know what I mean, with the Bad yes. Batch and everything. Mm-hmm. So it could be the same exact thing. But I digress. Um, I find out that he's doing these weird experiments on... The Nelvon Warriors. Yes. And for whatever reason, the experiment is it turns them into like chunky guys. <laughs> like it, it's not even and like I'm trying to be as as kind as I can, but like they're they're like morbidly obese essentially. <laughs> yeah. It's like it, it feels bad. It feels like you overfed your mole rat, you know. And it's like and it's very sad to see. And like they have the one final subject, and Anakin's just watching them turn this guy into like this big amorphous blob. Yes. And uh, he's trying to like fight all the droids and everything. And at one point he's like, listen, you're Nelvon warriors. Like, I'm not here to fight you, but I'll defend myself if I have to. And blah, blah, blah. And then that guy who's in the tank busts out and he's like, and you can't understand him obviously, but like, he's like, you got to take off their, you know, I guess you could say they're inhibitors or whatever. Yeah. Like there's just, they, they have like manipulated in- inhibitor bras, <laughs> power bras. And that's, they just, they have to like destroy them. And that's, that's how they, get their uh, free will back yes, and they're able to turn on the techno union and the rest of the droids and work their way through. Uh, even before all this, the, the scaling of the actual uh, factory like that Anakin does like the stealthy stuff. Very cool. It is, you know, just a, a floor traversal, just a bunch of flips and stuff. Yes. Um, but I digress. I'm just saying that you get to see a little bit of Anakin's dark side. Yes. He has to reach in, with his hand, like with his artificial hand, his ghost hand, if you will, and take this crystal out. I think the crystal is what's causing the <laughs> causing the plan to go crazy. Yes. Essentially. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, it is it's obviously intentionally kind of abstract in the way that, you know, there's that's what kind of Tartakovsky does. Yeah, so. there's no real explanation. It's like there's a crystal, must be doing something bad. Yes. And so he reaches in. I mean, I think literally it's just like you know, they like the Nelvon warriors like vaguely point towards it and Anakin says, Never mind, I know what I have to do. Yeah. And then just goes and does it. <laughs> so good. And like and again, I said, see the dark side pop out a little bit. He picks up Watt Tambor or a Techno Union stand in. Yes. And completely crushes his throat. Not like, you know, chokes him out, like literally just like you're crushing a Coke can. Like yes. it, it was it was I mean, ridiculous. That's I mean, they kind of did that to themselves, though. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. They put themselves in like a <laughs> metal bracer. Maybe, yeah, maybe just don't wear that. 
Oh my god! Don't wear your iron lung if you're afraid of getting your iron lung crushed. Basically, <laughs> so it, it was just, it was it was hardcore to see, uh, but uh, once it all was said and done, like, and this is all done by the way with one hand. Yes, like he has uh, he has his arm like completely sheared off because of that because like, he crystal. crushes the crystal. Yeah, it's so it was a and very that was cool, cool. Visual. Yeah, and it was neat to see him still like. Being able to use, use the, force. the force through his missing hand. That I always thought it was a very cool little detail. Yeah. And he crushes the dude's windpipe without a hand. Yes. So that's, yeah. That's and, what's up. And so to that end, the Nelvon warriors, the, the crazy chunky guys all see like that. He is like, you know, he has this robotic arm, but it's, he's able to use without it. And everybody else who is already crazy, kooky, chunky, they, <laughs> they have their arms. They, all yeah, they also have like <laughs> blaster arms, I guess yeah. you could say. And they all take it off in uh, in unison yes. and uh, solidarity, and eventually march their way back to the camp. And this so, is, this I was mean, and that's and like there's a lot to. I mean, I don't necessarily want to unpack it like from a narrative point of view, but like yeah. there is something to be said for like yes, even if you have the ghost hand, you can still change your kind of destiny exactly. And and I think that's the the meaning behind that. But you know, I obviously Anakin still refuses to heed that warning, I guess. Oh, show. But I thought it was a very cute reunion. Like, once they all come back, like, all the warriors, like, I don't think anyone wants anything to do with us. Yeah. And then the little... Gross. Yeah. And then the little kid comes out and hugs her dad, and I was like, that's adorable. Yes. That was a great little scene. That was, like, a great little send-off. It's like, things are going to be okay. Yes. At least for them, I guess. Yes. For now. Mm. For now. Uh, once like some of those kids grow up, there's gonna be some hard contenders, though. I think, you know what I mean. <laughs> Unless like the ghost hands are literally just gonna change the entire ecology of their, you know, of their society and just mess things up. I don't know. That's the semantics there. <laughs> Why don't we dive into the Coruscant side of this, Andrew? Let's let's do it. So, where do we end up on Coruscant? Where? How do we start there? Well, we start with. Apparently, like, Mace Windu and Yoda are the only Jedi at the temple. Basically. Because, <laughs> like... Their numbers have dwindled. Yeah, you weren't kidding, We right? had Anakin, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else was qualified. Basically. Uh, which maybe, you know, is a bigger picture. <laughs> yeah. We started off with 10,000. Now there's only seven of us left. Yeah. That's, it. that's basically it. <laughs> exactly. But, so anyway, we, we kind of get this scene of... Yoda awakening from a trance, basically, and and Mace Windu runs into his office, I guess. And they open the blinds, and it's just ships everywhere. Yes. I love that. Uh, yeah. And so we begin the the attack on Coruscant, the siege of Coruscant. I, I mean, is it a siege? I don't really know that it is. They call it a siege, but, I mean, only so much in that they block off the the aerospace lane or whatever, or, like, the, the, uh, the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It's like I said, whenever they actually show the ship's coming you know from the surface to orbit like it looks like it's just a screen of the battleships up there yes and so that's why i'm assuming it has to be at least a good chunk of the planet if not the entire like you know and you also mind you this is in the middle of the clone wars so like and coruscant being their you know their capital i'm assuming that they would have most of their forces covering it so yes but who's to say who can really say (laughs) But, but anyway we get the this uh, you know, the the battle commences essentially. Mace hops oh. in his ship. Oh yeah, a purple. It's a star, purple ship, which is so cool. <laughs> and since Sacytin has his green one, which is yes. just as cool. Yes. Um, and it was also fun seeing uh, Yoda uh, saddle up on a goat. Yeah. Essentially, I don't understand where the goat came from, but he had one. <laughs> he did have one. And like it was, and there was a great moment. I think it. Uh, it was, I think his name is General Fordo. Or Fardo, the the uh, goat's name? Not the goat. <laughs> that's oh. a great goat name. <laughs> okay, uh, it, it's uh, the the uh, the shock trooper general or commander rather, uh, and he's like getting overrun, and it's a great like shot of him like just picking up weapons and like taking down these battle droids as they're overrunning his position, and like at one point he goes, "Retreat, fall back, fall back," and all of a sudden you just see Yoda come out. It's like, it's like, do not fall back, do not fall back. He speaks regularly i should say <laughs> it just begs like do not retreat do not retreat and he's like we have them now and it just routes the whole thing yes um i also like when he tells the goat that you've come far enough it's no longer safe it's for no you no longer safe <laughs> get yeah oh it's so funny so. well 
let's talk about Mace. Mace being a, a total bamf again. Yes. You know, if it isn't with his bare fist, then he's like, well, actually, no, it was with his bare fist. So he loses his ship because he flies into his like a a, a essentially a screen of just star like uh, droid starfighters, and so he flies out of it, lands on another droid starfighter, and just hot wires yeah. starts grabbing starts grabbing cables <laughs> it just he was the confidence behind that it's just yes. ridiculous and like there was genuine comedy like with the uh clone troopers in the uh here, here comes another one <laughs> yeah <laughs> wait a second <laughs> i didn't i didn't get that yeah we didn't hit it we didn't hit it <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. But it's just, it was, that was, again, a cool visual, and it just shows how powerful and BA the freaking yes. Jedi are. So, but like just seeing them literally just rip the guts out of that droid and just fly it like it's a little, you know, like it's a hoverboard, basically. Insane. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, take a drink of water there. He earned the wallet there. <laughs> he earned the wallet. <laughs> As well, ever. So while all of this is happening, What's the uh, what's the real reason behind all this? Well, they're coming after the Chancellor, but oh. we don't we don't know this just yet. And this is uh, <laughs> so far we were just following uh, Mace and Yoda on their yes. little poppycock adventures. Yes, but so then we flip over. Apparently, there were at least a couple other Jedi at the temple, like Shakti, Shakti, who <laughs> poor Shakti, and others, and others, a uh, uh, Thorian, and. I forget what the species is, but they're, they're it's the uh, they're an Arctic species. Yes, they come across them in I think the first season of Clone Wars, like the three D Clone Wars. Yes, and they're more of a nomad species there. Um, I don't even know how to describe what they sound like, but like they the, what their first appearance is in a New Hope. Uh, essentially, they're white fur with four eyes and like a little dangly chin thing. It's uh, a Tals. Tals. Okay, so Tals and an Ithorian yes. walk into a bar. Yes. Nah. So yes, we have <laughs> well, these two random Jedi yes. and Shakti and Shakti and Shakti. <laughs> so you know things are going to go all right. Yes, and they just they just want to check up on the Chancellor, make sure he's okay. Well, he went to that end. So the Chancellor's just chilling in his room. He's having a cup of tea. <laughs> he is so hateful. In oh this. my god! <laughs> so he's just like, well, "There's no danger." Like, but the battle is so far away. Yeah. He says everything's so slow and so snidey. Yeah, it's like, he's just goading them just, so badly. Just pick him up and let's go. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And that's basically what they do. Yeah. The Talls just ends up carrying him like that's, the whole time. It's so funny. Uh, but so now they're pursued by none other than General Grievous. Yes. And it's very, very crazy. It's very creepy. And you see Grievous do everything. He pulls out all the stops to just do everything he has to do. Yes. There's a point... Where they get on the elevator. No, so they're wait no, they're waiting to get on the elevator, I should say. <laughs> and like they're like all three of them are looking down the hallway and like it's like a back and forth, shows the door, shows the three Jedi, shows the door, shows the three Jedi. And there's a point where the Ithorian, after they show him the third time, just starts like pushing the button even more to open yeah. it. I was like, that's really something I would do too. Yeah. That was a very cool little moment. Do, it does seem like a bit of an oversight that like the only way to evacuate the chancellor is, is on an elevator. And on an ele- yeah. Let's they get for these super skyscrapers. You yeah. Know what I mean, mm. yeah, only but, one way in, one way out. Nobody ever. I s- wonder where I'm going to place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so actually getting him onto the uh, elevator, there's a point where like, He's just running down the side of the building as they're flying down all these floors. Yes. And the clone trooper that's in there with him is it's hilarious because he decides, oh, I'm not going to use my blaster. I'm going to use a rocket launcher in this enclosed <laughs> glass capsule. Yeah. Like, it's just like, and <laughs> like, why? Yeah. Oh, it's just so much. Because Star Wars. Because Star Wars, I guess. It was silly, but it was funny. And yes. then. Now it's just up to the three Jedi. I think their clone trooper attache has been taken care of. Yes. And so there's a moment where Shakti is like, I will buy you time. And so the Ithorian and uh, the La- the Talls uh, end up running away. Actually, I forgot to mention. Back to the bar. Back to the bar. <laughs> so you had brought up uh, last week, and we should bring this up again, the the Ithorian has a moment to shine in that hallway. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I, I do want to come back to that. Why don't you do it? <laughs> So basically, you know, the authority, like as they're waiting for the elevator to arrive Mm -hmm. and like Grievous and his people, his (laughs) robot people tap of the button. Yeah. Are are coming. Uh, 
the authorians like i'm gonna hold them back by just like letting go yeah letting out all of his four throats <laughs> it's his, then, uh duncan what's a good band is his hate breed uh a audition no i was gonna say like the himalayan monk yeah. like throat singing <laughs> yeah what's that song that from uh jedi fallen order <sighs> hasaniga or something like that yeah the who? That's all I remember. Yeah, essentially. Yes. The who. But yeah, it just wrecks the entire hallway. Yes. And then like has like a very asthmatic problem in the elevator. It's just yeah. like four throats. So I've heard, you know, it's like yeah. rubbing his ears and stuff like that. <laughs> exactly. Too and much. like, I mean, there was just, there is like some actual like, just we're being silly with this. Oh and, yeah, <laughs> and like I kind of appreciate it. Yeah, it leans into the camp every now and then. <laughs> yeah, but, but so now I can actually place it in the story. I, mm. I did bring it up last week. It's okay. It's a good tease. Good yes. Tease. <laughs> but to that end, uh, we get a point where Shock T is like, "You go on. I'm going to give you cover." And by this point, I, wait, I guess we should mention they're starting to be attacked by the Magna Guards too. Yes. Uh, the troopers that we see at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. Yes. And so Shakti has decided to stay behind, and now she's fighting like a whole squad of them. And they're fighting and they're fighting and they're fighting. The Ithorian and the Talls head off with Palpatine. And then Grievous catches up with them and starts fighting the both of them to the point where he fights dirty. Yes. And you see Palpatine like retreat into the darkness and do a sly little smile, which yes. I always thought was like, oh, you, mm, <laughs> you dirty boy. Yes. <laughs> so loathsome. <low, so> <laughs> yes. And so there was that point where like they're holding off his, his two blades and you just see his like, his arms disconnect or whatever and like reach for two more lightsabers. Yes. That's always going to be a cool thing. And like you see their worried look whenever like they get cut down. And to that end, like Shakti fighting all these Magda guards, at one point they all stop and retreat back yes. into the darkness. And she's like, Why are they doing this? And that's when she starts doing her super speed. This is another thing. It's one of those. She's, she's got the Qui Gon powers. She's got the Qui Gon powers. Because, like, only a handful of Jedi apparently have the super dash move. Yes. You know, you have to unlock certain skill points to do it, I guess. I don't know. That's right. But, like, she was able to dash her way forward. Uh, I only, mean, uh, Obi Wan's supposed to have it too. Barely. Unless well, that's true. I unless mean, it's both, by proxy. Yeah. I, you know. I always, like, I kind of feel like touch my it's, arm. Now you have it. Yeah. <laughs> Whiplash. Well, yeah, to me, it's like the flash. <laughs> like, like Qui-Gon just, what you don't hear is him say, okay, Obi-Wan, hold on. <laughs> Not again, Master. <laughs> Grab my belt loop. Let's go. <laughs> Why do I have to hold you this way? It's very demeaning. <laughs> again, like prison rules. He, <laughs> It's like prison rules. He, like. Puts his pocket inside out and makes Obi-Wan grab onto it. <laughs> oh, it's too much. Oh, but so that's just, it's one of those things. It's just, it, it always pops up every so often, but they never, they never use it when they need to use it. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, I digress. So I forget how she ends up, the way she ends up, but Shakti eventually ends up like tied up in like a, the, the static bonds, I guess you could call it mm -hmm. or whatever. And it's to that point where she gives her famous line that she gives about seven times before she dies. I'm sorry. I failed you, yeah. you know, and, but she didn't die then. She was literally just strung up like, yeah, I, I messed up. Yes. So I'm sorry. And then Mace is just booking it. Yeah. That's where we find Mace. He finds shock T and then he's booking it to catch up Palpatine. And so this goes back to what I was talking about before. The whole idea behind Grievous in this series is the fact that he is so, uh, unknowable than like so unpredictable. That's what makes him fearful to the Jedi and they can't concentrate. But Mace being who he is, he's already calm, cool, collected. He's yes. able to just focus he cuts right to on. the heart of the matter. Quite literally, quite literally. And just uses that chatter point move and just <laughs> closes his arm around it, shatters this whole thing. And then he starts coughing. And you get that first semblance of like the cough. Oh, that's why I started it. Yeah. Yes. So and very, Yes, and then he goes. He, he is like he's the one character that is replaced voice wise mm -hmm. uh, for this one. As I said last week, uh, John DiMaggio actually did did him in the first appearance. Uh, but I mean, knowing what you had told me last week, I was listening to Grievous speak this week and thinking to myself, like, what if that was Gary Oldman? Like, what really, what really would he have sounded like? Because mm -hmm. even I the mean, voice he they, would have done some crazy voice. Oh, I'm sure. But even at that, like the digitized voice they had 
straightforward as it is, still sounded pretty nice. Yeah. You know? So that's why I'm kind of wondering what you can get out of Gary Oldman at that point. Yes. That'd be ridiculous. And yeah. I mean, it would have been would have been neat to see that version, just as it would have been neat to see the version where Leonardo DiCaprio is Anakin or whatever. <laughs> you know. Uh, all in good time, man. All in good time. I don't know, but uh, so we end on uh, his chest being crushed, yes, mace being pushed he, back. But he's still got the Chancellor. But he's still got the Chancellor, and he's escaping. Uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin drop out of light speed, I think, and yes. they're coming to Coruscant because they got called back. Yes. And this is essentially everyone setting up for their roles. And Anakin's like, come on, we got to go. We got to go. We got to get back into the ship. And like, you know, like nothing even happened. Yes. And so now we're on to episode three from there. And then cut the credits. There you go. That's it. That's it. Overall, uh, between the first one and this one, I'd have to say I like the second one a little bit more just because it's like there's more story to it. Uh, There's more like a cohesive like narrative. But that being said, I liked a lot of the action from the first one. Yeah, I would probably I would probably almost reverse it. Mm. Well, I would reverse it. I okay. think I liked volume one a little more, just like it's just cool Star Wars stuff. Okay. Uh whereas like yes, there is more story here, but I'm not as convinced like I mean there are elements of the story that I like a lot, but there's also other elements where I was just kinda like uh, give me more of like the Nelvon plot. Like I lo- <laughs> I loved that, but like I didn't care as much for for the Coruscant stuff. So. Right. Just my opinion on the matter. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Duncan, anything from you, my buddy? It was cool. It was cool? I liked it. Was there it's any, good. Any moments that stood out for you especially? Um, Like I said last week, jousting. Yes. Clone Wars, like jousting in the Clone Wars is cool. Um, <laughs> I mean, our introduction to Mace Windu was cool. But yeah. Mace Windu in, in this volume as well. Just, oh. just a bad... Just a bad man. Watch your mouth. In the bat, in the just best way. About ways. That's right. We could dig it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Nah. I'll, I'll keep it simple. Keep it moving. Fair enough. Very cool. Well, with all that being said, I think it's uh, time for that moment of the show. It's uh, quiz time. <gasps> quiz time. Quiz time. Okay. Dance. I appreciate that we all did a dance for that. We, so. we do all dance. Behind the scenes. Here. So glad you all saw that. <laughs> uh, it's my turn. It is your turn. Uh, so I sent you a quiz, I think. Yes. Uh, so I don't know who would like to ask said questions, but go ahead. I uh, Whenever. I'll do it. Okay. Today's quiz brought to you by BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. Are your opinions on Star Wars Rebels popular or total trash? <laughs> I'm glad I picked this one. <laughs> yeah. And this is going to be like super niche. Like, oh, remember yeah. that one quiz that we did that was like, what's your favorite animated show? And like Basically. 4% of people chose Rebels. Oh, God. It's going to kill me. <laughs> oh, that's going to be great. All right. We're going to start off with a bang. All right. Which season of Rebels is the best? Season one, two, three, or four? Man, I'm going to have to say four. No, three. Three. Yeah. Because four was good, but it was the final season. But three really built everything up. Yeah, and it was the introduction of Thrawn. Thrawn. Yeah, take your word for it. Yeah, (laughs) I agree with that. Uh, You are in second most favorable season two, actually, with a commanding forty-four percent. That's interesting. Season three with twenty percent. Season four with nineteen percent. Wow. And season one with seventeen percent. And that yeah, like that feels too low. It does for but season four. I guess for season two, depending on how you're ending it, because that's also with uh this like the Malachor arc and everything like that. And yeah. you're learning about Ahsoka. Yeah, and we get the like most of the Ahsoka business. Right. So that probably makes I sense. I could see that. Yeah, for sure. Which main character is the best? Mm. Ezra, Kanan, Hera, Sabine Zeb or Chopper? Chopper. <laughs> Chopper's <laughs> always my favorite. I don't know. Uh, he, I, it, in this one, he's, you have an unpopular opinion. A total trash opinion. <laughs> uh, in first is Sabine at 24%. Okay. Kanan is second at 22%. Hera at third at 21 Ezra 17 
Chopper 11, <laughs> and poor Zeb only getting 5% of the votes. That's mean. That's so mean. I like every character. That's the problem. Like, yeah. I, I, I like each character equally. I think they all bring I just hope good all, the all the teams are having fun. <laughs> I don't care who wins. I just, I just want everyone to have fun. Yes. It's true, though. I can agree with that. Oh, I'm upset, but okay. Which main villain is the best? Oh. The Grand Inquisitor, Grand Moff Tarkin, Darth Vader, Fifth Brother, Seventh Sister, Eighth Brother, Maul, Grand Admiral Thrawn, or Governor Price? Price. I would pick Thrawn, but Price is much more brutal. I, I agree. Like. I and like based on when we first started doing the show, we read the first Thrawn novel, like learning the backstory of Price. Oh, she's a witch. <laughs> like she, she's she is the absolute worst. She, she is, is not worst. a nice lady. <laughs> <laughs> Again, a, a total trash opinion. According to this, oh god, uh, we have Darth Vader with thirty four percent, obviously. Thrawn with twenty eight percent. Wow. Maul at nineteen percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Grand Inquisitor at nine percent. Seventh Sister at five percent. Jesus. Grand Moff Tarkin at two percent. Eighth brother at one percent, Governor Price at one percent, wow. and fifth brother at one percent. Oh, well, see, that's just it. There's way too many brothers and sisters. It's, well, it's hard to keep yeah, up with that's, those. That's confusing. But even at that, like, I guess Thrawn and Darth Vader would be up there. But Tarkin that low? That's kind of crazy to me. Yes, I don't know. That's that being said, this will be the easiest question that I can ask you. Who is the best side character? Oh, Agent Callus, uh. Hondo. Ahsoka Tano, Captain Rex, Ryder Azadi, or the Bendu? Wow. I mean, I, you know what my answer is going to be. It's Hondo. Yes. It's got to be Hondo. Don't tell me it's trash. <laughs> it's trash. Oh! Uh, although closer, I mean, Ahsoka got 66% of the That's, vote. Yeah. But like, she, I don't know. She's fine in this. She's but, like, but she's more of a main character. Yeah. She's like when she's main... on the show, she's like as much a main character as anybody. Yeah, that's fair. So it's a little bit biased to think Rex came in second with 15%. Mm-hmm. Callus was 9%. Hondo at 6%. Uh, Bendu at 3%. And Ryder Azadi somehow got 69 votes. Jeez. For 1%. Well, so to that end, just a little tangent. Uh, I had seen something online of someone essentially saying if they, if we ever had the chance to bring uh, agent Callis to live action, someone was posting up uh, Wyatt Russell who yeah. recently just did John Walker. Mm. Yes. Uh, and I totally see it. He's already got the mutton chops. That's what I'm so. saying. Yeah. He could totally pull it off too. So, <laughs> but I digress. No, I, I appreciate it. I totally see it. All right. Which moment from rebels was the best mm. <laughs> Lando Calrissian mm. Kanan versus the grand inquisitor. Ezra meets Yoda, Ahsoka versus Vader, unlocking the holocrons, Maul versus Obi-Wan, Zeb and Callus stuck together, Kanan's spoiler, yeah. Ezra time travels or Ezra versus Thrawn. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to actually go with the Callus and the uh Zeb because I really appreciated that episode. You know this is a trash opinion. Oh, I know it's a trash opinion. <laughs> it's my opinion. I'm not saying that the other ones are equally invalid, but I'm also saying that this moment is a whole episode. So take oh, that for what right. it's worth. You get the most bang for your buck. Yeah, but I probably get the worst results. Um, <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, so this one breaks down. 42% Ahsoka versus Vader. That's not a surprise, yeah, especially obviously. with everybody saying season two is their favorite. Obviously. Uh, Maul versus Obi-Wan second at 17%. Again, That would one. clearly be my pick. I know that would be Duncan's. Oh, yeah. one, of, one of the old, not one of, the only episode of Rebels that I've ever seen. <laughs> and again, like I, I'm, there's nothing against these picks, but I'm, I, I'm trying to go a little out of the box for myself. I, I understand. Uh, 9% is Ezra meets Yoda. Yeah. 7% is omitted. Six percent is Kanan versus the Grand Inquisitor. Five mm-hmm. percent is Ezra time travels. Four percent Zeb and Callus stuck together. Fair enough. Four percent Lando Calrissian. I like how it's just what that moment is called. Three uh, percent Ezra oh, well, versus Thrawn. Well, is, is it Lando Calrissian as his appearance, or as in Ezra pretending to be Lando Calrissian the entire time? <laughs> no, it's. It, his appearance. That's fair. Yeah. 
and uh, 3% unlocking the holocrons. The holocron thing is cool, but I didn't think it would be nearly as big a moment as the other ones. You know, uh-huh. those are all great moments in their own right. So it's hard to really pick one. I can agree with that. All right. Who's the coolest? Mm-hmm. Kanan Jarrus, Maul, or Grand Admiral Thrawn? <laughs> Kanan. That is the correct opinion. Yes, it's not trash this time. <laughs> 43% for Kanan, 37% for Maul, 20% for Thrawn, which is exactly right because Thrawn is a loser. <laughs> <laughs> That's so mean. But yeah, in this this series, he's not doing very good. Uh, Poor guy. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, more Thrawn always, but... Of course. But he is a loser who just looks at art. (laughs) Come see how I've redecorated for the next three hours. Yes, Captain. Pelion! Pelion! (laughs) Anyways, I'm sorry. Do you want an animated series about Ahsoka and Sabine? Yes. That is the popular opinion. 77% yes, 23% no. I'll take a I mean, series. The only thing I would say is I bet you it's not going to be animated. <laughs> no, at this point, yeah. It's definitely not animated. But that's why I'm saying like I'll take a series. Yes. Whether it's animated or not, I'm down with it. Which is, this is our final question, which is better, Rebels or The Clone Wars? Oh. Hmm. Where it's at now, I'm saying Clone Wars. That's fair. Yeah. 68% for the Clone Wars. That's fair. It has more seasons to it, too. A lot more death and stuff like that. Yes. And that's not taking away from Rebels in any sense, but, you know, it came first. Yeah. No, it makes sense. That's good. Yes. That was good. Well, hey, I just want to say I had a great time with everybody here today, and I'm glad everyone was able to tune in and hear our thoughts and opinions and feelings on all that. Uh, if you have any thoughts and appealing in opinions of your own, you can always uh, get at us at our Instagram at Greedo Shot First Podcast on one word, or you can check us out uh, at uh, First Greedo on Twitter. If you want to check out this episode or any past episodes, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, where you can leave a rate and review. It really helps the show. Or on Spotify, or you can also check us out at Reggie'sHousePodcast.com. That's our own website there. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, quiz ideas, you want to tell us we're doing a good job, any old thing, if you want to say that uh, all my opinions were not trash, and I would agree with you, you can get at Your us. opinions aren't trash, Connor. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. BuzzFeed is trash. <laughs> Email <Hot> us. <take. laughs> at Pod, all one word, at gmail.com. Pod, all one word, at gmail.com. And with all that being said, I just want to say I had a great time. Brian, did you have a good time? Yeah, I had a pretty good time. Andrew, you have a good time? It's a boring conversation anyway. I bet it was. Uh,